0: Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello,
1: and welcome to episode 73 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Should all public services be accessible online? After all, we're shopping online, we're attending events online, We can even attend medical appointments. So why is it the case that we still have very many of our public services the old-fashioned way and accessible offline? And is Ireland way behind? Or can we catch up with countries like Estonia who are leading the charge? The pandemic has expedited digital transformation, and I believe governments are leveraging the opportunity and the buy-in that the public have now for accessing more services online. So in this show, I'm delighted to be joined by Ossian Smith. He is Minister for State with Responsibility for Public Procurement, e-government, and the circular economy in Ireland. And I'm hoping that he will answer some of our questions on public services online. In today's column, I'm asking the question, are public services better if they are online? I guess the simple answer is no, not necessarily. And we also have to take account for there will be a large cohort of people that would prefer to speak to a civil servant in person across the table, speak to a human being on the phone and really talk out what their challenges are. So I think A digital first approach is good, but digital only is probably not where we want to be going. But I want to focus on what digital can bring to the public service citizen table. Well, Salesforce and Boston Consulting Group also asked this question and they did a survey. So they wanted to better understand the public's expectations and experiences of government digital service delivery. They teamed up together and they surveyed 24,500 people across 36 countries on their use of digital channels for government services. So it focused on the respondents' expectations of that public service and how their experiences affected trust in said government. So here I have some findings from Singapore that are really interesting. 77% of the Singapore respondents believe that a great digital experience has a positive impact on trust for government. So that's one huge benefit. A similar percentage believe that a bad experience decreases trust. So have a think about the last time that you engaged with a public service, even as a citizen yourself. And how did that make you feel? And what was your impression of the organization? So, public trust is a key win when you have great digital public services. 97% of respondents, meanwhile, said that they expect digital services to be as good or better than banks, telecommunication companies, leading technology firms, or other leading governments. This is a really important point. Your competitor is now Netflix, Amazon, Bank of Ireland, All of those companies that are operating in the private sector, because the citizen has that high expectation of a seamless digital service that is also personalized to their needs. Singapore is one of the top performers when it comes to digital government services, meeting customer needs with a plus 45% net perception. Um, But the findings show that there is room for improvement. The survey found that six in 10. Singaporeans encountered at least some type of problem when accessing their digital service, citing common problems such as the length or the difficulty of the process, technical difficulties or issues completing the request, no help available or not having all the paperwork or information they needed. The bottom line is globally citizens are willing to share their data, but in return, they want an exceptional Public service accessible online that is equal to or better than the biggest media, technology, or commercial companies. And that, my friends, is your challenge. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code Social Media20 for a 20% discount.
0: Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com.
1: In today's consulting segment, I want to talk about how bringing public services online can foster trust among the public. That's one of the biggest advantages we've seen through the pandemic when public health went online and we were registering for our COVID vaccination. We were downloading COVID apps. We were telling public health who we met with when we were diagnosed with having COVID. All of that sharing of data was in return giving us an exceptional public service that made us feel safe, informed us of our next public health steps, and also being a responsible citizen and helping others and not just helping ourselves or or our immediate family. So all of that learning can now be leveraged and the opportunity to bring public services online has never been greater At a time where we're going through major global crises from climate to food security to democracy, we need our public services and our governments to step up and to make sure that trust is not further eroded in any way. And really offering public services online, I think, is a great opportunity. The introduction of the citizen journey is really, really important. So it's not as simple as you know, getting a piece of technology or a platform off a shelf and bringing it into an organization. You really need to map out the customer journey from that micro moment when a member of the public is looking at their passport or planning their next holiday and going, goodness me, I need to renew my passport. I've had a child since um, our last holiday. I need to get them a passport. What is the process? And this all starts with a micro moment and a thought or a need or a trigger in the mind of the public. Their next step then is to go online, in the main, to go to Google or to go to a social network and to input search queries. You then need to make sure that your services are fully optimized online across all channels and that the correct information is coming up. Then when they find you and they find the exact landing page, or they download an app on their smartphone, that journey from the first touch point to the conversion at the end, submitting for their passport, uploading all their documents needs to be seamless. And all of that takes testing and iteration. A lot of government organizations are doing that as pilots or with small focus groups and are really leaning into the experience of the major tech companies. And it also requires investment. And that'll be one of the questions that I'm putting to the minister, is the investment coming for public services to make them seamless? Because one piece of advice that I would have is if you are trying to create a customer journey or a citizen journey online that used to be an offline process, you really want to make sure that it is a hell of a lot better than it was before, because that is really going to irritate the public and that's when you get flooded with complaints. The second thing that you need to consider is, what are the customer service channels? If there's a glitch in the system, if the system goes down, what is your plan B? You really, really need a strong, robust customer service charter to support any strategy to bring public services online. So let's go and find out what Ireland is planning for their public service digital delivery. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our Membership Academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount.
0: Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com
1: In today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by my very first government minister in, what, 72, 73 episodes? So Minister Ossian Smith did a national radio interview recently on bringing public services online. And before he did that interview, he went onto Twitter and he asked the public what they expected or what they'd like to see in terms of accessing public services digitally. So I responded and then I responded with a second ask and I said, Hey, do you want to come on our award winning podcast? And he said, yes. So here is our Minister of State in Ireland with responsibility for public procurement e-government and the circular economy. OK, so, uh, Minister Ossian Smith, thank you so much for joining me on the Public Sector Marketing Show. You're actually the very first minister to grace our virtual stage, so I really appreciate you being here with me. The
2: first of many, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I heard a national radio interview with you, and that was the motivation to invite you on to the show because you did a public call out and you asked the citizens of Ireland you know, are you interested in public services going online? And what public services would you like to see online? And first of all, what was the response?
2: Um, well, we've had more than 1,300 responses. So people have, have. Uh, I mean, it was surprisingly positive. Um, I, you know, we put out a, a thread on Twitter or the presenter did. And usually when you ask people, what do you think of some problem with the government? You get an overwhelmingly negative Take on anything really on Twitter, but really we, we just had a lot of people saying, for a start, that a lot of things were really good when you did them online with the government. Uh, but you know, here's a few things that could be better. So um, I, I found it really useful. We like Ireland is is doing well for online services compared to the rest of Europe. We're number five, but like we're we're not number one. So I'm looking at those countries like Estonia and Denmark that are ahead of us, and particular areas where we could catch up, like the legal you know, when you're dealing with the courts and then the, the legal system and everything to do with health, so so uh, those are big areas that I'm hoping to make progress on uh, this year. So just what I, my vision is that you're dealing with the government, whether you're doing your taxes or your welfare or you're booking a trip to the doctor, and it's as easy as going on Amazon or Netflix or whatever. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a consistent, easy, convenient experience, and you know you log in once and you get everything through your login, and it's, it's handy. And at the same time, we have to provide. An alternative for people who can't use a computer so we can't just sort of say oh well if you're not online you're not getting we have to make sure that, that nobody's left behind so we have to provide a service for anybody who maybe through their disability or their lack of language skills or their age uh, needs to have um, assistance so we call that assisted digital where somebody is going to help you and that could be through a citizen's advice center or through the library or through a through, uh, phone call or whatever so, so that that's really that's the direction we're going
1: So you mentioned that um, you want public services in Ireland to be as easy to access as Amazon and Netflix. That is the key point. That is the extent of the expectation from the public. So as Minister, and that's your intention, but what practicalities um, need to be put in place? And is there an appetite in the civil service and within public sector to, to make that leap forward?
2: Well, we know we can do it because um, if you look back over the pandemic, they, the Department of Health really rapidly brought in a system where you could book your vaccination, for example, or you, you know you could get a, a COVID test, and those systems have brought in within a few weeks. And I, you know, I worked in a system which gave you um, a, a digital proof that you that you'd been vaccinated, which allowed you to you know go for a meal or travel internationally when that was needed. And of course, we got rid of it as soon as it wasn't needed. But that those systems came in you know, in six to eight weeks typically. And they were very handy and easy to use and they're used by everybody in the country and much that as that we can do it, we can do it quickly when we need to. So, you know, building on that, um, I just wanna make sure that we can deliver more building blocks. And I think what's, what's really critical for, for, for the government to do is to make sure that there's one single login to reach all your services. So, you know, when you're using uh, Google, whether it's, you know, uh, search or Gmail or whatever—it's if it's you've only got one username and password to access it, and the same thing if you're using your Apple ID or whatever—that there's there's one, and the same with Amazon, that you have one one login, and we what we want to have is one, no matter which government department you're dealing with, or which state service you're accessing, that you've just got one single login which connects you, allows you to access everything, so that everybody isn't giving you different. Different things to remember, and uh, and and incons- also I want to see, have a kind of a consistent look and feel. So when you're using the, the government services, that it, it you kind of it, it's it's if there's a consistent branding, and you know where things are, and it's understandable and legible, and you know. <laughs> and I and you know we, we can see that that uh, people like the revenue have done really well with that. So um so we're good and we're good in most areas, but we've still got to we've still got some some distance to go, and I'm happy to. To, uh, to work on delivering those services to the public.
1: So that sounds like a real public sector online utopia, single login, access all government services. You know, one thing that often comes out and sometimes I think it's it's driven by media is, oh, but the public care about their, their personal data. But in my view, COVID has expedited all of that. And the, the willingness of the public to share data because the value and the return that they get for a more seamless service is something that we're willing to, to act as a trade-off. But, you know, I, I had the CIO of the government on this podcast before, and he's spoken about the levels of security and the advancement that the Irish government is doing, even on a global stage. So is data something that we should worry about if, if this is going to happen?
2: Yes, it, it's really important that we, that we gain the trust of the public by having a really strong ethical framework. So you can't have a situation where you go and get access to a, a government service, like going to the, you know, booking a trip to the doctor, and then the, the health service secretly gives your information to the revenue and crack down on you for some other thing. You know, you, you can't have some kind of underhand use of data between different departments. So you need a really clear social contract that, that the government is not going to abuse your data when you give them some information. But at the same time, um, I think the public are, are uh, exhausted, I know I am, from having to type in my name and address and my phone number again and again and again every time I'm using a particular service. And you know, if I if I authorize the, the government to know, uh, to have my address, to have my phone number, um, I, I just I just want to sort of I, I want to click a button saying yes. I want to share this information with the social welfare because I want to claim a payment, or I want to share it with, with the uh, with the revenue because I want to claim something. I want to click OK, but I, I, I don't want to have to retype it again and again and again. So I think that there is there's a balance there between convenience and, um, and privacy. And for somebody who absolutely does not want to interact with online services, that's absolutely fair enough, and we have to provide them with a the paper alternative. And they fit into the same category then as people who just can't use an online service because but for example a disability or, or or their age so nobody is forced to give their data in when, when you do give your data it can only be used in the way that we set these research. and there has to be a strong legal framework there's already european um general data protection legislation as you know you've heard of gdpr which really does provide strong protections against people abusing your data or using it in a way that would, that would surprise you and make you feel somebody's doing something creepy to you so there are those protections are in place um, but really they're not a reason to deny people online services we can have a situation where it's so much harder to get something from the government than it is when you're doing a commercial service you know so we, we um we need to gain People's trust, and the way you gain people's trust is by being honest and ethical with the way that you use their data, and being open and saying this is what we're doing. Are you okay with that? And not hiding it in small print or anything like that. You know, so I think there's, you know, you I think everybody understands that if you're trying to get service from the government, you're going to have to share certain information with them. And um, and the, the thing is not to go too far, and also for the government not to store information about you that they don't need. You know, speculatively because they might use it for is something else, and also a very clear line between government services and policing. That we're not providing information to the Gardaí or something like this. That you know, for them to store on you and then use it on you in the years to come. You know, and that they, that data is only kept for the period of time that's needed. That after a number of years, that it's deleted and so on. So it is really important to act in that. So at all times, we have to, the, the, like way to get adoption of digital services in the public is just to be really fair and honest and ethical
1: and, really and after the the technology and the platforms are built out then there are loads of benefits it's not just about easy access and having a real-time view of your own information but that relationship with government should improve you know we know that one of the biggest complaints that the public have is like I can't get answers. And that may be breakdown in communication just because you know civil servants and public sector organizations are so busy and the demands in them are such, but technology can step in and ease that burden somewhat. So is it also an expectation from your side and the public that we can maybe access our services quicker and um, you know in a more seamless way than was mm-hmm. on phones, trying to get through mm-hmm. to the pandemic?
2: Well, you, you can imagine a situation where you need to get something from the government like renew your privacy license and you need to go up to the you need to drive a long way to get to a office, public office, and you take a ticket and you take a morning off work and you sit there and eventually you get to a counter and you know you get, you get the thing and so on. And that's so that that is so much more difficult than being able to do it online. You know, I, I renewed last time I renewed my passport, I did not have to go to any office, anywhere I can take a picture of my phone, everything was done and it arrived within twenty four hours. That's that's really the ideal that it's really convenient. But the benefit then, from the public sector's point of view, is that the people doing there are fewer people doing routine jobs. So the people who were in those offices, you know, behind a counter, stamping something, doing the same thing every day, that the boring bits of their job are automated. And then that there are more people available and more time available to help people who really need the so you're somebody who's blind and you can't use the computer, and you need, you need you need assistance to go through. And there are staff then available, and you know they can be available through through web chat or on the phone, or else somebody comes into an office and helps you use the computer to get the service that you need. So I think it can lead to more interesting jobs for someone in the public sector because the routine work is being done with the computer. Um, a better quality of service for people who really need it. You know, you run into a kind of a strange situation and it's not working and it's not, you're not a routine customer or you're in a hurry or whatever, and you can actually go in and see somebody and there's somebody available because there are not huge numbers of staff doing routine and low level work. So I think it can make the work um, higher quality and more interesting for the staff as well. So I think it, it, it takes away some of the, the kind of banal and repetitive work that they've been doing before.
1: And I think at this stage, I need to call out the great work that's been done by the Public Sector Innovation Fund within the Department of Expenditure and Public Reform. And I spoke to Chris last week and it's Innovation Week in a couple of weeks. And I know that the work is happening behind the scenes and, you know, the appetite for innovation and transformation is there. But this is a question that is a difficult one to answer. What sort of timeline are we looking at for the rollout of a single login to access government services in ireland
2: well, we have a single login it's called uh id and uh, you know we have more than three million people have registered for it so we've got we've got quite good coverage what we don't have is a very large number of services that you can access through it so i think there are 12 main services that you can reach through it so we we've, we've got kind of widespread login but i want to have more more government departments and services available through that login um, and that's going to be that's going to be my focus coming up. Also, I don't want to have, I don't want projects, I want to avoid projects that are really, really large and are promising a huge rate of benefits when they come after a number of years. So this pattern where somebody says, I'm going to deliver a system that's going to have, you know, a hundred different features, it's going to do everything that we, that, you know, that we were doing manually before, and we're going to have it ready by 2026. That's not a good approach, <laughs> what happens is You keep working, and by 2026, the world has changed so much that your original plans are gone and all the half the staff have changed and so on. But we need our kind of bite-sized projects that are delivered within months rather than years. So we need to see something happening within the same calendar year, and we need you know one feature at a time coming out or two features at a time. So we, we, we need to build on our success and be always delivering additions and improvements rather than looking for this kind of huge. Big bang. This is the system that does everything in this department. So that's so that, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking to break these projects into smaller pieces. I think they'll be more successful that way. And, and that's part of that is the experience in the pandemic. Uh, I think that if we tried to do a vaccination system in two years, it probably wouldn't be ready in time. we said we're up two months, well, right.
1: <laughs> so listen, you are driving it. Um, minister with responsibility and we know what what happens in politics administrations change there's a there's a changing of a political guard and um, it would be great to know that the the enthusiasm and drive and commitment that you have will continue no matter who is in your chair because digital transformation is with us and if we stop we're regressing backwards.
0: Are you?
2: Well, I'm, gone, I'm not gone yet. There's going to be a reshuffle in uh, in um, December, and I'm certainly aiming to keep keep the position that I have uh, rather than move up or down. And um, but but it's like this is this is something that um, this is something that everybody understands we have to do. And also we we are a, we are a very high tech country. If you measure us in terms of um, like technical skills which the commission does every year as part of its DESI rankings. They they measure, you know, what, what is the, um, what are the computer skills of the general public and then what proportion of the general public have um, advanced skills, for example, third level degrees in computer science and so on. And we are far ahead of other countries probably because of our, um, all the high tech companies are here and that we speak English, but for whatever reason and our sort of um, interest in education generally in Ireland, we're really well placed for this and it, you know the fact that we're fifth in Europe, I didn't do that. that I think mean, we were sixth when when I started so or seventh or something. So it's not it's not all down to me and I and I feel sure that, that I think that if we create enough momentum and enough interest and we have enough small um, landmark successes as we go along, milestone successes, that will create the momentum to keep going in that direction. That people will taste what it's like to get better services online from the government and they'll say, Yeah, I want more of that. And I think that will create a kind of a, an appetite and expectation. It's not just good for the public, it's also good for the public sector, because it just makes for, um, it just makes for a more interesting job when your routine parts of your job are being done being on the machine. And you can then deal with more human aspects uh, that arise.
1: Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the Public Sector Marketing Show. I want to congratulate you for how you're driving this forward. And um, I think you've seen from the public feedback that they're as equally enthused and I think it's important also to, to call out and to congratulate the teams who are working behind you um, and, and leading out uh, your vision. So um, thanks very much, Minister. John,
2: can I just say to anybody who's watching this, if they want or are listening, if you want to, um, if, if, if there's some aspect of the public service that you would like to see online and you think it could be better, something that you'd like to see changed and you have an idea, if you go to per.gov.ie, um, there's a link there on the on the main page so that's per.gov.ie and there's a link to the public consultations it only takes uh, like a minute to fill it in and if you just say look i've got a problem with you know getting a child passport or i've got a problem with in the, in the driver license system or whatever or you know the immigration system if there's something that you want to make a comment on you've got any suggestions and um, i'd really love to hear it because uh, we, we, you know, we need to find out from, your, and particularly from, from people who are actually working in the health in the public sector, you know, working with those systems, because you're the people who know best what the problems are. Um, and so, you know, please do go to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Purple and fill in the form, I look forward to reading what you have to say.
1: Brilliant! I love that as a call to action, and we'll also um, share it out on our social networks, and I link it in the blog post associated with the podcast. But Minister ossian Smith, thank you so much, and. Uh, I look forward to catching up again when you have uh, more to report on your wins. Thank you, John. See
2: you now.
0: Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing plus gain an industry qualification.
1: Use the code digitalmarketing20 for a 20% discount.
0: Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. But before I go, let me remind you that we have lots of resources for you. We have a new suite of training courses for autumn, winter 2022 and coming into spring 2023. So if you want to share that with your learning and development or HR management team, make sure that you do if you are planning your training programs for the upcoming year and months. If you want to get some immediate help and support, we have our library of free webinars. Just go to publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash webinars. There's a whole suite of them there. And I have to say they are brilliant. They are absolutely brilliant. I give so much in those webinars. Our most recent one on essential social media skills for government and public sector is there too. And uh, you can avail of it right now. But until the next show, please share the public sector marketing show with a pro that you know. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank
0: you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform.